So the big question is this, how do entrepreneurial salespeople like us who have traditionally sold alone and used gut and intuition to hit their number, take their innate talents and begin selling using science, technology, and the secrets of thousands who have done it before to crush their quota and change the world? That is the question, and this podcast provides the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Sales Secrets Podcast. Today, we're going to dive in to this interesting concept around being agile. What, what does an agile inside salesperson look like? How can you experiment, be flexible, but really use that to your advantage to become your best self? And to do that, we brought on Blake Johnston. He is currently the CEO of a company called Outbound View. Blake, thanks so much for joining. And how the heck are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, did. I threw in the heck just for you, for your Nashville, Tennessee um, <laughs> kind of accent that you don't have. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I'll try to y'all in as much yeah, as I can. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, six months in Nashville doesn't qualify you as being a Southerner, <laughs> um, no matter how you slice that. Uh, Blake and I were just talking about our roots, so we both kind of had a little tie-in there with um, Nebraska. But uh, uh, before we hear just a little bit about yourself, uh, well, maybe you can start there. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Blake, and, and what you do over there at Outbound View. What, 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 what is Outbound View? Yeah, Outbound View, we're a, a sales and marketing consultancy, and we really focus on outbound marketing strategy and appointment setting is one side of the business. And then the other side is inbound marketing strategy and, and demand generation. So, and do you actually get into where you set the appointment, like you have an out, like an outbound team that like a sales development team, or are you mostly just focusing on how companies can kind of use the marketing arm to generate the demand so that their team can kind of set the appointment? We do both. I'd say we, we didn't expect to turn into uh, an appointment setting company by any means, but, um, Many times customers, when you set up the infrastructure, they're looking for a quick influx. And so it's definitely an offering of ours and, you know, something that, uh, that we do a good amount of. I love it. Love it. Yep. Makes sense. But you do both then the inbound consulting and then the outbound um, as well. Makes sense. Um, so besides um, having some roots in, in good old Nebraska, anything kind of cool you're passionate about, hobbies, fun, fun facts? Absolutely. So, uh, love to play golf, avid golfer, have young kiddos. So spend a lot of time, um, golfing with them. And when I say golfing, it's like four to five holes, potty break, <laughs> eat Skittles, maybe play a little bit more and call it good. But, uh, yeah, absolutely passionate about oh, that. Oh man. Yeah. I just did the, I took some of the boys, I got three boys, uh, took them to Disneyland and it seemed like, I was like, I expected we'd stay there all day, but to your point, it was like, potty break skittles two-hour nap <laughs> back at the hotel one ride you know didn't, didn't, right? didn't quite go as i was expecting <laughs> the all-day journey so i definitely understand that um well let's flip over let's dive into this concept i mean i i thought it was just an interesting idea the agile inside salesperson behaviors of these individuals can you kind of just start at the top ten thousand of you agile insights what, what what is that what, what why why is that important yeah, it's funny. So, you know, worked with so many inside salespeople and I always kind of relate this to like when you hire a new inside salesperson, like there's a moment always when you kind of realize like they're going to make it, right? Right, right. And it always comes down to one of two things. It's either like they do something that really impresses you, like their, their mode of thinking kind of makes sense 
um, and it relates to solving customer problems. And then, or the second side of that is like, they're so curious that you know that they're going to figure it out. And so I just, you know, I started to think through like, really, what are the behaviors, um, not only for uh, um, just being agile, but just like around successful teams. And it's always like basics, right? It's like, uh, you want people who want to focus on learning. You want people who are curious. But in inside sales, things like, you know, really taking action, having a growth mindset, like some of these behaviors, you just always find them not only on the best inside sales people, but the inside sales groups. And so I think it's just, it's an interesting topic that you can hire for one on one side, but you also need to like manage against and make sure that you're creating that culture if you're an inside sales manager. Yeah, you know, wh- why do you think that's important? Um, I mean, is it? And because I, I want to dive a little deeper into the into you know some of the behaviors or you know what differentiates this, but um, why can't you be a non-agile inside sales person? I mean, salespeople have been doing sales for hundreds of years. They've not been well. Maybe they have been ad. Maybe you would argue the successful ones have been agile. Why? Why is it important? I, I just, my, like, I think it, uh, inside salespeople are, are like your chief experimenters, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty rare that you develop a campaign, throw it out there, and you, right? And there's no iterations to be made. And so it's constant adjustment of whether it's uh, the messaging, the personas, like subject lines, um, offers, like all of these things where you're sending people like there's always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. And especially now as many like emails are being sent and thrown out there, like it's rare that there's not room for just more improvement on any campaign. And so you're, you're inside sales people that pick something, set it and just send it out there for weeks and weeks end up just wasting a ton of time. So at the end of the day, they're just, they're wasting time because they're not killing bad ideas and they're not scaling good ones. Interesting. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I've believed, you know, I did a training for a group out in in California just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was talking to one of the leaders after, and, you know, we were talking just kind of summary and feedback from the session, and um, I, I don't remember exactly why it came up, but, you know, one of the things I said is I said, you know, one of the things I try to do is I try to get salespeople to think like marketers, Um they, you know, marketing often has a – they think through a full campaign. They think about A-B split testing. They they often are more data-driven. And as I hear you talk, I, I thought about that line because it, it's – you know, is inside sales, you, you aren't just kind of the, the person flying around and just a relationship-based sales. You have to be thinking about, you know – some of these concepts that lead to more just effective ways to potentially reach your target audience than obviously close the deal with them. And sometimes I think getting salespeople to think like marketers is, um, you know, again, the way I kind of sum, summed it up, good or yeah. bad. Um, well, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say what, 100%. What, what you find is that inside salespeople are making hundreds of small little decisions. And right. so – if, if they're struggling and their issue is an activity, like a good exercise is like literally sitting over their shoulder and watching them prospect and have them verbalize like why they're making decisions. Like, why does this person look like a good persona? What type of messaging would you send them? What type of offer would you send them and have them verbalize those types mm-hmm. of things? Because um, 
that decision, but you don't realize how many decisions that you're making once you're kind of good at doing that, that type of thing. But it's really difficult for new people, people that don't understand the industry. And that's, you know, that's a good percentage of who inside salespeople are. They're, they're new to the workforce. Totally, totally. Interesting. Okay. So that's a little bit of why. Dive into a little more of some of the things you feel like that make this, this type of agile salesperson. Yep. So uh, we talked to, or I mentioned a focus on learning or, mm-hmm. or iterating, right? You can usually tell the people who really have a focus on learning and iterating. Like they are constantly making adjustments. They're asking questions. Like they're learning not only just like their trade and, and that specific business, whether it's inside sales, but they also do a lot of learning outside of work. So that's an obvious one. Yep. Bi- bias towards action is one of the biggest time wasters that I see. So um, when I say a bias towards action, I mean like the worst thing that that can happen as an inside salesperson sitting around for a half an hour or for a half a day waiting for their manager to okay something. Right. Or, uh, you know, so what happens is when you start to chunk out, like every afternoon is 10% of your week. And so uh, I preach like bias towards action, take action, um, ask for forgiveness Usually that's going to work out better than sitting and, and waiting. So bias towards action um, is a second one. One that uh, I think is, especially as you talk about marketers, assumption recognition huh. is something that you don't really hear people talking a lot about. But every marketer, every inside salesperson, everybody brings random assumptions. You know, you hear them all the time when you talk to inside sales teams. They're like, um, oh, I don't call on Mondays or I spend all or I do uh, blitzes around this. And there's just all these wild assumptions that you're like, OK, do you recognize that you're actually making an assumption there? And it's fine that you're making an assumption, but call it out and say, I'm making an assumption here. I need to actually test and experiment against that one. That's a really interesting one that um, um managers can do a really good job reinforcing like is that a factor is that you know purely just an assumption that you're making yeah do you feel, well, i mean it's funny because in sales where we get away with that crap more often than again and i'm using the marketing analysis like if i showed up to a meeting um as a marketer and <laughs> don't get me wrong hypotheses are fine but um if i just kind of showed up and said i think i'm going to do this and i like this and and so I'm going to do it. Um, and I, there was no follow through on analytics or detail. Man, I'd probably wouldn't have a job very long. But in sales, we've been able to kind of get, you know, we can just kind of do whatever we want. And, you know, as long as we hit the end number, quarter, whatever, it's fine, right? Things end up turning out okay. Um, why do you think that is? Why have salespeople just kind of gotten off the hook? They're just not really data-driven. Um, they're just never forced to be, or again, it just, it's all about the long as you hit your number at the end of the year, we don't care what you do. Well, I think in marketing, you know, you're running paid ads and, and someone can say like, we spent $5,000 running ads at this. What happened, right? With inside sales, it's like, the salary's already there. We've already paid for all the technology. Like it, it, it shouldn't be considered a sunk cost. But there's not the weekly. Hey, you know, you're you cost this much to employ. Yeah. You're spending half your time researching and not actually doing any outreach, or you're spending half your time being ineffective. So um, with marketing, I mean, it's a lot easier because you're typically throwing extra dollars above and beyond, whether it's for events or promotion or paid or 
whatever. Um, and so it's just, to, you, you got to kill things quick because you can see, uh, see the dollars going out the door. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's it. We've got access to more data. Although things are changing. Salespeople are starting to, I think, get more and more access to, you know, to be able to, I think, guide them down this journey like marketers have. Do you feel like, um, I mean, you mentioned some of these types of qualities, right? Um, you know, certainly being curious or a bias toward action, um, growth mindset, et cetera. Is there um, one that you feel like that stands out above the rest, is um, more important th- than others, um, or maybe is missing most often from sales sales teams or inside salespeople? Yeah, I mean, curiosity is a big one. Um, and I say it's big because, obviously, curiosity to solve the problem is uh-huh. really important. But curious people are just – they're typically better with customers. Like they're interested in what they're saying. People enjoy hopping on calls with them. It feels like, you know, like you're the star, you know, for the people, you know, that are very curious, like they're constantly asking questions. And so I do think that's a really, really important mindset, especially in sales. I mean, when you, everybody knows kind of the toxic team member who's like dead set in their way. Um, And those people, typically that aren't curious, don't want to learn and are pretty, you know, pretty set in their ways. And so I'd say that's really a, that's really a big one. Cause you don't, when you start marketing research or you're starting research and inside sales and you go down a path, like sometimes you just end up at answers and you have no idea how you got there, but it's just a bunch of different things led you to, uh, to making a, a good decision. And I think curiosity plays a big part of that. Hmm, interesting. Um, as people think about, um, trying to develop or get more of these types of behaviors in or on their team, any coaching or advice um, on on hiring people with this or trying to develop it? Yeah, there's a couple of things. You know, um, everybody talks about experimentation. Uh, the first term everyone will say is like A/B testing, which is is critical, right? But like in my opinion, that's that's table stakes. It's something that everybody should be doing. If you're an inside sales manager and you want your team to be experimenting more, then you need to build it into your weekly processes and in your into your culture. And so, like one of the things that um, that I regularly do with our clients is is there's a weekly meeting um, purely around an experimentation, and all of our experiments are tracked in one place. And I just call it like an experiment board. Like it's nothing fancy. Hmm. It's an Excel sheet. The first half of the meeting, it's an hour meeting, the first half of the meeting, you're talking about results. What were you experimenting on, whether it was last week, the week before, um, and what were the results? And do you keep going down this path, right? Do you kill this or do you scale it? And the conversation around that, that the team has about what's working and what isn't, is is something that often happens in silos, right? So, So that's the first half. The second half is building new experiments, right? So I want to run experiments around this. That way the marketing team can see them. You can start to build assets against them. And then you can also hear people call their shot beforehand. Like it's one thing to A-B test something, but if you do nothing with the results, it's not any good, right? It's pointless. So um, the whole thing is like uh, you call out what success looks like. Is that, you know, uh, uh 10% response rate? Is that a certain meaning percentage rate? And you actually hear the inside salespeople detail out why exactly they're experimenting, what they're experimenting with, 
and what success looks like, it's just a really, really valuable meeting and one of the best meetings that the team will have all week. Hmm. Interesting. I like it. I like it. Um, and it's you, you mentioned this ex- experiment or ex- experiment board that kind of is used to just kind of at least start it and get the juices going and people kind of thinking. Yep. Yep, exactly. It, it, like you can track it in Asana or a project tool. I recommend just using Excel. And it's something that... Um, uh, is used often with product teams, right? If you Google experiment board, you'll see different, all types of different, basically Excel sheets that help you track all of the different experiments and, and what you're running on. And it goes back to like lean startup principles, if you're familiar with mm-hmm, that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, you kind of get going and get the juices kind of flowing. So that's one way you actually put it into play for sales team. What, what, what's, um, um, that, that, that's an active one for, do you also try to hire? Do you, do you try to put these things in your hiring process? 100%. Yep. There are things like when you go to big consulting firms, um, and you're going through the interviewing process, like they give you extremely complex problems so that you can see like, how does this person take a complex problem and try and break it down further? Mm-hmm. And so you can ask questions around, um, you know, what's an example of a time when you learned when you didn't have that much information or uh, here's an example of a problem. How would you solve it? Or I'm going to give you 30 minutes uh, to solve the problem and let them go. So I do think there are a lot of things where you can figure out, you know, are they curious? Do they like to learn? Like, do they take action? And it goes back to that hiring, right? Like even one to two weeks in with new hires, those individuals that are like taking action and doing things and being curious and coming back with questions, you're like, Oh, what a relief, right? Like they're, they're, they're going to be fine. It's the ones that are like sitting on their hands. Like what's next, you know, where you're like, Oh no, you know? Um, and so there's ways to get through, get to that through the interview process. I love it. I love it. Interesting. Um, as we kind of look to wrap here, what do you feel like um, is stopping companies from moving this direction we touched on is it just the lack of data that inside salespeople have is it i mean i feel like people if they hear this talk track they're probably like yeah he, you know he's right blake's right we, we need to do this what, what's stopping leaders from moving further down this path i think it's the leaders right i think typically they are the problem like for example you can say things like we want you to be experimenting and we want you to do all these things but then not actually reinforce it and have like a, a safety zone that uh, it's okay to not have successes with everything. Like the key is that we're learning. And so building like a safe environment that actually allows for experimentation is a huge part of it. And then accountability, right? Like if you're never talking about it, um, if there's no accountability, if you're not talking about it in your one-on-ones, like chances are, right? the team's just not going to do anything with it. And it'll be, Hey, we AB tested a subject line and one worked better. And like, now we'll do that. But nobody else on the team knows about it. Nobody's, uh, uh, you know, experimenting and scaling with what's working. And so it's just, it ends up being a huge time waste if you're not doing these things correctly. Love it. Love it. Interesting. Yeah. It's funny because I think just as you said, leader, it kind of jumped out at me because it, it is interesting still um, I mean certainly every leader can say yes I want to be quote unquote more data driven but we have so many um, I think 
you know, old school sales leaders, and I apologize for some of you if this is offensive, but, um, you know, who kind of grew up in a different world. And so the, just the relationship sale, you know, and the true field person and, you know, it's all about your black book. And I don't want to knock that because I, I, there's, uh, that is still so, 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 so important, especially in an enterprise, you know, selling large and, and big deals. But boy, when I've talked to them, their grasp and understanding of kind of the inside sales, the sales development, and it, it just is very hard for them to wrap their minds around the, these types of concepts because they're just like, they just have never done it, right? They've never experienced this data-driven sales model where you can, in a lot of ways, a lot of ways track your activities and see which content is working and, um, you know, test different things and uh, almost run kind of different campaigns. And so um, I think just being aware that this model is there and being willing to dive into it, I think a lot of these leaders are just learning Wow, this is a lot. This inside sales motion, this remote, sales, this is a lot different than I thought. I knew sales, and maybe I don't. <laughs> it's it's right. almost that conversation, right? So, I know. Yep, one hundred percent. Interesting. Well, uh, Blake, really appreciate you jumping on. It's got my kind of my juices thinking um, just about some of the recent conversations I've had. I was in a with the company in Minnesota and. They were turning over most of their field um, staff just be, due to retirement, um, and they they were like, "What is inside sales?" <laughs> you know, and they've right. been in inside they've been in sales, you know, for fifty years. Um, and it was like, "Oh man, you get ready, <laughs> buckle up, pal. You got some yeah. changes coming." So I think it's a relevant topic. I love the concept of agile. Some of these behaviors of people who need to kind of do it differently in order to be successful. Is um, is people want to learn more about this or maybe learn more about Outbound View, what you guys do, any kind of recommendations or thoughts for the audience? Yeah. I mean, Outbound View, our, our core business is, is inside sales, right? And it, it's all top of funnel lead gen, even as you go over to the inbound side. So if you want any more information or you just want to chat, go to Outbound View. On this specific topic, um, uh, I have a client who we are co-building kind of an assessment really around teams um, and some of these different attributes. So if you have a team, um, whether it's uh, on the sales side, inside sales, outside sales, or on the marketing side, um, we'd love to run you through it and, and give some more context on what we can do in this area. I think it's just, it's absolutely fascinating um, research and, and work and something that we're very passionate about. I love it. Interesting. Yeah, I'd love to see that tool. If you get it at some point, let us know. We'll make sure we get it out to the audience or get it in the show notes. Blake, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I think it's an interesting talk track um, for the audience. Remember, success is just one play away. Want more sales secrets? Go to salessecrets.io to receive copies of our latest research and best practice content to help you crush your quota.